Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head, head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hey, good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. How y'all doing? It's so good to have you all here. I am Dr. Rane, and say hello to my co-hosts. Say hello, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey. So, y'all, it is 2023. We have uh, gotten this new year off to a start. Um, but this is that time of year uh, where we always take stock of the previous year and, you know, look forward to what's going to happen in the new year. Um, and it's really a good feeling to have, you know, a clean slate or, um, to consider, you know, the possibilities of the next 365 or so days. Um, and, you know, I always feel excited. I know you guys feel excited too, uh, at the beginning of a new year, it's like, you know, anything can happen or, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like, oh, maybe this is the year that I'll do that one thing that I feel mm -hmm. like I really have been, you know, just dying to do. Um, so, you know, it's the time for vision boards and for setting intentions or making new year resolutions, right? Mm -hmm. um, culturally, you all know, uh, we do that thing. We do the, you know, black eyed peas <laughs> and the greens, yep. bread. Black eyed peas is supposed to mean luck, right? Mm -hmm. I, so, so hot tip or rather not a hot tip. Real secret is that I do not eat black eyed peas or greens, or cornbread. Like, I don't even know. I might not even be Black at this point. I don't know. <laughs> but those are, you know, some of the cultural things that we do around this time of year. Um, apparently, that tra tradition of eating those things goes back to the Civil War. Um, so, you know, people had often done that to make sure that they had money in their household, you know, good luck all year, good health. Um, yeah, so so that's one of the ways, you know, that culturally we are kind of conditioned to um, perceive the new year as a new start, rather, you know, or or um, as a as an opportunity for something new. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the church, y'all know there's all of these New Year revivals and prayer services, and everybody's doing the Daniel fast or some mm -hmm. kind of fast. Mm -hmm. I mean. Like shout out to Candace Bimbo. She mm -hmm. is doing this amazing fast. Um, this called, what is it called? Um, okay, God, so listen. Um, and the last I heard, she said there was something like 800 people registered to, to take part in that fast, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, folks are live streaming. They're doing all these New Year's 
um, services and all this stuff. And churches have their themes for 2023, trying to set the tone or whatever. Um, so the question is, question, here's the question, y'all. Are we conditioned to only think about starting over at the beginning of the year? And is that a bad thing? Hmm. So that that's that's been brewing on my heart for a while. Um, because oftentimes we use the new year as the jump start mm-hmm. for things. When, you know, science says that, you know, people who set New Year's resolutions or they kind of, you know, set out to begin doing a different habit or what have you really they aren't successful. It's something like 6% of all people who set uh, New Year resolutions wind up keeping them by the end of the year or even six months in to the mm-hmm. new year, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of dismal. So what do, what do you all say about that? Like what kind of things do you do at the beginning of the year? Do you all set resolutions? Uh, uh, sure. So with me, I've always used the new year as a time of reflection, I've not been a resolution person. I don't say, oh, I'm going to do this. And, but I do, and my husband, we, we do it as a couple and we do it individually. We look back on the, the former year or the past year and we say, what do we do? Well, what do we want to improve in our marriage and our house um, uh, as individuals? So we do that. Um, and so it is kind of a springboard for me to look for kind of like the planning for the new year. We talk about vacations, what we want to do. So we do all of that. And then to jump back to the black eyed peas, um, I, we ate our black eyed peas. I didn't do the greens. I didn't even know about the cornbread, um, but I just, we had just done greens for Christmas. So I was tired of those, but we did definitely did our black eyed peas. And um, <laughs> it was funny we told Theo, because uh, we had come in from church. So, you know, January 1st, we had left the house. And, you know, when you come in the house on the first day of the new year, it's supposed to be a man. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. So uh, we let Theo be the first one in the house this time. And then I got on a, a text thread with my family. And it was like, it's supposed to be a, 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 a um, it's supposed to be an elder man. Uh. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I ain't know all that. I just remember it was supposed to be a man. And so we got into this big discussion. But yeah, even everyone in my family thread, they were like, did a guy, did a man, was he the first to come through the door and all this other stuff. And we reflected on how over the years, you know, we had to clean the house because you're not supposed to clean the house on the first day of the year. And uh, if you, you'll sweep somebody out or you'll wash somebody out. So, but then here's the interesting, interesting thing. A friend of mine on Facebook had posted about the Black Eyed Peas and stuff, and they. she said it was part of the hoodoo practices that we brought over from Africa. And I was like, oh, I hadn't heard that before. Mm-hmm. And so I questioned her, and she said, yeah, her dad is Gullah Geechee or whatever. Uh-huh. And that was something that they, you know, he said they brought over from the motherland. And I was like, oh, I had never heard that, that that was part of our our hoodoo religion, if you will. Um, and so I thought it made me want to really research that more. Mm. So I was really intrigued by that. And just knowing that it was something we did every year we had. For us, it was always Black Eyed Peas, Hogma. Mama always did Hogma. 
Whew. And um, mm. may have had some butter beans or something because of daddy. But we always had something like that. She, we may have had our greens and, of course, cornbread. But I didn't know the meaning behind the cornbread. Mm. And then, of course, we never cleaned up. My grandfather was usually the first one through the house. He would go to everybody's house and be the first one to enter their house. Didn't know what all any of that meant until, you know, much later. So, yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> Big nutshell. <laughs> so I was going to say when um, Ronnie was sharing that it was, you know, the Civil uh, War era, that I was going to say, actually, it was a, an Africanism because West Indians are really big. And I definitely had to go to my mama's house because um, I was like, I'm going to have my black eyed peas. And so um, I don't cook them, don't know how to. Maybe I should put that on my list for this year. But <laughs> I definitely was like, I must have them because it is necessary to do the new year right. But it was interesting to me, even with the cleaning up the house. I didn't know why we, you know, didn't do it. But I knew, you You know, I always thought, you know, you want your house to be clean as, you know, that you enter into the new year. So it's so interesting how we have passed down traditions and we don't even know yep. the meaning behind it. But it's just part of who we are and a legacy of continuing yeah. what our family members taught us. Now, I used to be a resolution person. Like I definitely used to say, okay, this year I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And mm -hmm. I've just found that I guess I'm look, I am science. I am what the science speaks about that. I would find myself starting off really strong mm -hmm. and then, you know, it sort of fades out. And mm -hmm. so I decided that, it really is more so about me deciding who I want to be, mm -hmm. period, at any point in, in, mm -hmm. in time. And I'm like, if this is what I'm committing to, then, you know, what do I have to do to make sure that I get it done? Mm -hmm. um, so just creating like the accountability people in my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other aspect is that I set my goals for the year. So rather than resolutions, I set goals for right. the year. And I don't feel like the pressure to be like on January 1, it's got to all be in place. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, I've taken to being very intentional about the stillness and the quietness and the reflectiveness of it to decide, hey, this is what I want to do. And then to write it down. And the other thing is, y'all, I know the preachers should have been praying about their goals, but I was not. I was just like, what do I want to accomplish? Just all in, in me. Mm -hmm. And so I have switched within the last three years to also be intentional about praying about mm -hmm. my goal setting so that I can, you know, write it down and feel like there's an alignment that is mm -hmm. there. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So when I was doing a little bit of, of digging about the origin of making New Year's resolutions, you know, I, I of course, this is probably not uh, the first history because we already know that, you know, things originate uh, on the continent. But um, apparently ancient Babylonians uh, were known for making New Year's resolutions. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. So. One of the things that that happened is the new year began in March, in mid-March, that because that's when crops were planted. Mm -hmm. um, and so during that time, this was about 4,000 years ago, um, they would have these really big religious festivals. One was called Akitu. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's the time when they were planting crops, but they were also in Babylon, they were crowning uh, a new king or reaffirming their loyalty to the sitting king. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they would make promises to pay back whatever they owed to, to other people, kind of like a jubilee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, jubilee. Um, and so these promises or these uh, declarations are considered to be a forerunner because they did it, you know, forerunner of today's what we call New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. because they would do it at the beginning of every new year. And mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, when um, the new year became, when the Julian calendar was adopted, mm-hmm. Um, by Caesar making the new year start on January 1st in mm-hmm. Rome, then that's when, you know, New Year's resolution started to be made on the first of the year. So that's kind of uh, some of the tradition that, uh, you know, uh, folks, that's kind of where that evolved from. Hmm. So in general, though, we set our New Year's resolutions as like a marker, right? It makes sense because now we're starting fresh. So we're going to do some new things, you know, new year, new me and that kind of thing. But um, it becomes, like I said, aspirational when we think about the fact that, you know, so few people actually follow through Mm. on their resolutions. And really that can cause a whole lot more um, guilt, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of some feelings about, you know, yeah. why can't I do this? What's wrong with me that I can't even keep this promise to myself? So, mm-hmm. you know. But the word tells us that there is there is a lot of uh, value in being reflective. Mm-hmm. I am just asking the question, do we necessarily have to put such an emphasis on doing that at the first of every year? Why are we not more reflective throughout the year. Um, Psalm 90, 12 says, it's, it's um, sorry, it says, um, teach us to number our days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moses is asking God, teach us to number our days so that we can uh, gain a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that statement to me is saying that, you know, we're asking God to help us be conscious of the days that we have. Right not really valuing one day over another, but understanding that our, our life is finite. We have a limited amount of time and um, it's always good to be reflective. It's always good uh, to, to notice the fleeting nature of life. It's always good to be in a state of Sankofa, right? The other thing um, that had me thinking about the ways in which we, we are only particularly reflective um, at the beginning of the new year is the Daniel fast, right? So these fasts, I, y'all, y'all, in the nineties, these Daniel fasts had me to choco. Like every year, <laughs> <I was still. laughs> every Not year, because see, our church, the church I was attending at the time, was big on the Daniel fast, and I, mm-hmm. I, I loved it because it was an opportunity for us to fast corporately. Like everybody was all, you know, doing it, or at least, you know, the saints was all saying they was doing it. Cause you already, <laughs> y'all already know. Be honest. <laughs> Be honest. So for our <laughs> listeners who are not familiar with the Daniel's fast, the Daniel fast is 21 days with fruit and vegetables only. Um, and certain, certain grains were okay. I guess it was depending upon, you know, what your church agreed to, but, um, and then you were also supposed to not only turn down your plate, but 
you weren't supposed to watch secular television or listen to secular music during that time. Only Christian programming. So, you know, put on your Christian hip hop or whatever uh, and live um, and watch, you know, TBN or whatever it was back in the day, whatever it was. Um, so that's how we were living. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I would always, I would love the season, but I would always be salty towards the end because my birthday would always fall, you know, three days. I would be, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was terrible yeah. because, you know, you want to go out after the fast and you go out to your favorite restaurant. And I'd be like, no, it's my birthday though, but everybody's going out. Y'all not going out with me. Y'all going out because y'all just want to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but during that season, um, one of the one of the concerns that I have long had about doing corporate fasts mm-hmm. is that we are often fasting with the intent for of, of of getting God to do what we want God to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm fasting, girl. I'm fasting for a new job. I'm fasting for because I, you know, I want a husband, girl. I'm fasting. And, you know, none of that's, I'm I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not casting aspersions on folks that fast because I know I fasted that way. And I did get married not long after I fasted that one time. Um, (laughs) It works. It works. Come on, it works if you work it. Um, And my best friend always is keen on saying, if you want something that you've never had, you got to do something that you've never done, right? And so fasting is definitely a way in which you can challenge yourself Uh, to see what you really believe. Do you really believe that you can get God's attention by denying yourself? Or do you believe that you can get um, a closer walk with God? Or do you believe that you can hear from God better, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're hungry or when you are denying yourself? So yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, And you're feeding yourself scripture, you know, you're feasting on scripture every day and fasting to your flesh. Yes. You know, so I'm not saying that that any of that is wrong, but I am saying that is very telling, uh, for black church culture in particular, Mm -hmm. when we fast and we are fasting for these things, for this litany of things that we want for ourselves, Isaiah 58 tells us, uh, that God was not too pleased with the folks when they were fasting and they were praying and mm-hmm. they were like, well, God, we're fasting and praying, but you ain't doing nothing. Do you even hear us? And God is like, oh, oh, ah, wait a minute. Is this the fast? Is this how I told y'all to get down? Right. I told y'all, right. The fast that I've chosen is to yeah. loose the chains of injustice, right? Yeah. To untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke, right? To That's share it. food with the hungry and to provide shelter for the, for the wanderer. Like, that's the fast that I've chosen for you. So right. what 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 are y'all what is y'all doing? What is y'all doing down there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it is it's very interesting um that perhaps we choose to fast and choose to pray corporately, but to satisfy these individual, these very individualized mm-hmm. uh, needs. And really is so is that really you know, being reflective? Is that really being um, in alignment with what God wants for us? Right. What do y'all think? So I think it's very interesting because as the church, yes, I know a bunch of people who are in consecration, you know, this first of the year fasting and uh, our church has never done that. And so, um, but what we do is Lent. And so, you know, 
church plan and we try not to be the black church and just roll up on something, you know, and be like, this is what we're doing. But we're trying to uh, be very intentional about planning ahead of time. And so in our staff meeting, we talked about the Lenten fast and what that will look like for us. And so for the last several years, I look, I have been one of those people. I was like, I come in and out of the Daniel fast that they do it according to how I feel. But it's one, it's because the first time I did a Daniel fast, y'all, I almost killed myself just because like my body apparently was just processing the vegetables and fruit mm. too quickly. Okay. And so like I was in quiet practice about the about the I was falling out literally. Oh, and, and it wasn't the spirit. And so <laughs> that is this ain't God. <laughs> it wasn't God. It wasn't God. It was it was my body protesting. And so mm-hmm. one of uh our choir members was also a nurse and she was like your body is just um, metabolizing the fruits and vegetables too quickly. She was like oh, you wow. need to have more protein. And so that kind of definitely, you know, I've always been aware of that issue when mm-hmm. it comes to fasting period. So I go in and out of it. Look, and I've had that that moment, Rane, I was like, for us, I was always in BOE. And so for y'all, we're A and me. And mm-hmm. so Greta gets it. Board oh, of Examiners yeah. was always during the Lenten season. Mm-hmm. And so I would be in there with the church mother's you know, frying chicken, and I can't eat anything except for a salad. I was like, Ooh, I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> mm. So, and then it always, you know, my classmates and I at the end would be celebrating being done with the board of examiners, and they wanted to go out to Ronnie. I don't know. If Carolina Kitchen was even open when you were still in this area, but it's a soul food restaurant, y'all. Okay. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I can only have fruits and vegetables. And the soul food restaurant was like, they had a vegetarian meal, but they was cooking everything in the meat. I was like, I can't eat this. Right. So just bitter. Okay. And yeah. all of that sits with me. I know I would have taken us down a path of my own bitterness real quick. But no child. No child. I, 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 I can't will make it. you bitter. <laughs> you be hungry right but this year i have um i just told my pastors that i've always kind of done an alternative fast anyway Mm -hmm. um it kind of came in at a point where i just felt like you know as black women we're always denying ourselves and giving up things and so Mm -hmm. i decided that i wanted something that was more meaningful to me and so i always did a different type of fast. So whether it be that I clean out my closet and, you know, intentionally donate or spend time, you know, doing for other people, I was always very intentional about doing a different um, fast for myself that more so I felt added to me rather than was about depleting me. Yeah. And so this year, our fast is going to be one that is focused on contemplation, but um, being intentional about finding the places where you're hurried in life Mm. and, you know, getting to the place where we're like, okay, God is over it. And so it's just this intentional practice of praying and um, each person creating the spaces where even in their food life, they need to just be different to add to their life. So whether it be one person decreases salt and somebody else says, I'm not going to eat out, but it is a very personal thing. We're doing it corporately, but it's a personal aspect. And so in there, 
practicing mindfulness by making sure that meditation will be part of your daily life where you're right. setting quiet time to hear from God. Because I think that that's the ultimate aspect of fasting is mm -hmm. that we want to yeah. be still enough to hear, you know, from the divine and the divine speaking to each one of us differently. But oftentimes we're too busy to do it. Right. And so this time of fasting creates this intentional place of being reflective. And so to get back to what Ronnie was asking is that I feel like we always need to be in a place of contemplation where we are being still enough to be able to hear from you know, ourselves, like just the, our inner voice that speaks, mm -hmm. but also the divine voice that speaks within us. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, set that time throughout our year, because the divine doesn't only speak at the beginning of the year, you right. know, but the right. divine is speaking right. throughout the year. And so we need to more so use ours or learn the practice of creating this stillness within our lives where we're not too busy or too, you know, full on self and what we want that we aren't taking the time out to assess it. And recently I read this thing about um, vision boards and they were talking about the fact that you really should not do a vision board for a whole year. Mm. but that you should do your vision board quarterly. Mm. And so, and again, it's that creating chunks of your life where you're consistently saying, let me stop and check in with self because what I thought I wanted in January may not be as I've lived out the next three months, what I want for my April. Like it could have completely changed based on how life has shifted and changed right. for me. And right. so that's why I think it is in practice. It is um, a good practice to learn how to still ourselves consistently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I will echo that because even, you know, yes, I use the beginning of the year <clears throat> to reflect and do things, but that's not the only time I do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, and it, it's just not the only time, but I do use January as my beginning point to say, okay, this is what I want you know, to do this year. This is what I want to accomplish. This is how I want things to be in me personally or collectively as a, as a, as a spouse or whatever, but it's a constant thing. It's, it's, it's not one and done. Um, because like you just said to Keisha, life changes, things changes and change Lord, things change. <laughs> and so you have to be able to pivot with that change. And so even something you may have wanted to get accomplished, you know, say at the start of the year, it might not be practical at this point. And so you may have to put it on the back burner and come back to it later. But I'll also say as a pastor, I have, we've done at, at both of the churches I've been at, we've done beginning of the year. We d we've done Lent. I normally don't do beginning and Lent. You know, that's just too much. Uh, but but uh, usually it's one or the other. Um and so like this year, we didn't do a beginning of the year fast, uh, but we will fast for Lent. Um, and I, I, I don't know yet if that's going to be Daniel or if it's going to be a variation or if it's going to be uh, a sacrifice where you give up something, you know, because usually it, it is in the form. I've done Daniel fast, but usually it's in the form of them giving us giving up something that we feel has a hold on us. So mm. for me, it's usually TV, Lord God. Me and TV got a relationship. Um, but other folk I know give up sweets or chocolate or coffee or, you know. And so 
because I don't, for me with fasting, I don't always like to say, this is what we're going to do. And I want you to do it. You know, people need to have a voice in what they, because it is personal. And, and yes, God is, we're wanting God to speak to us collectively, but on the individual level, this is what I'm going to do to support my church. I want them to have the ability to say that and not just be top down. This is what y'all, this is what we're doing and you don't get a say in it. Uh, uh, who doing that? I don't want to do that. Um, and I'm usually not led to do it in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, Tegisha, what you said about um, not doing a vision board for a whole year. That makes complete sense because mm -hmm. for the reasons that you named, um, mm -hmm. but as well, you know, if we're thinking about time from the perspective of, in, in a spiritual perspective, God exists outside of time. And so mm -hmm. we, you know, sometimes try to put God on a clock. Like these are the right. things I want God to do in this next 365 right. days. You got God, you got 365 days to do, you know, come on now. So, <laughs> so it, it actually, um, what, what I found myself doing is the vision boards that I recreate are for seasons of my life. So not even necessarily a quarter, but for a season. And um, I challenge myself to, you know, understand what is necessary for this season. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, cause I, I, I got to take the pressure off of myself. You know, I, the holiday season is a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and then thinking about, you know, just me personally, my birthday is coming and then all these other things I got coming. So I take the pressure off myself and have ceased doing, um, you know, any resolutions or even any kind of um, visioning unless the beginning of a new season falls at the beginning of a new year. In this particular year, it did. But yeah, I, I take the, the pressure off because I think following the seasons um, in my life puts me more of in, a, in a, a vein of being in alignment with what God is doing and how God is moving. Yeah. So let me, let me come in on that real quick because... Mm -hmm. A lot of I feel like a lot of people don't even know when the seasons are changing in their life. Ooh. Now this might be a little off topic, but oh, come I don't on. I don't I don't think people slow down enough to go back to what Keisha was saying. I don't think people slow down enough or steal themselves enough to know that hey, God is doing a new thing or hey, this has ended. I think we just are so used and conditioned to go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. That we don't even realize that the seasons have changed. The leaves are changing and falling off and snow is on the ground. And we still acting like we still got on shorts and flip flops. <laughs> come on now. Look, that's the pastor right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, come on, you pastoring. But yeah, so I, I think even with that, I, I think there has to be. And I think that speaks to the intentionality. You know, are we paying attention enough to even know? Um, and to see the hand of God working, you know, if, if I'm going fast, then let me really slow down enough to, to see the hand. Is there some, is there writing on the wall that I need to be paying attention to is, you know, is, is there a tugging in my spirit that God is saying, Hey, this is, we need to do this now, or we need to let this go. And I just, I, I don't think people, I think a lot of people are not there. Mm-hmm because that speaks to a maturity that a lot of people just honestly don't have. And I think that, that it answers the question about conditioning, right? Because 
um, it becomes easy for us to think about being reflective. Everybody's doing it, right? We're all doing yep. it at the same yep. time. Or it's easy, easier to fast because we're all doing it all at the right. same time. Yep. It's easier to, to do vision boards because we're having you know a, a party on Saturday where we're all going to cut out pictures together. you know. And so I think that to some degree, we are conditioned to only be reflective at certain times. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's countercultural and counter... Um, and in some ways counterintuitive for us to, to pull away um, and, and to really recognize seasons rather than days right. of the calendar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, the Bible tells us that there are seasons for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, God is God's ear is always inclined to us. We are the ones we are the ones who are <laughs> only, you know, thinking about these things at certain times. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to, to even examine that practice, mm -hmm. even to examine the ways in which we perceive newness, mm. right? Yeah. Our mercies are new every morning. That's mm. what the word says. Lamentation three, the, uh, new, new mercies every morning. So every morning is a new page and a clean slate. Right. Yes. Right. And, you know, I think when we look at it that way, we don't need to, to, you know, stock up on a whole bunch of new journals. Then we don't need to go to Target and run out and buy all the journals out. <laughs> right? Stop speaking my life, okay? <laughs> look, I was about to reach behind me and show you my journal. Then I was like, oh, I feel convicted. <laughs> you know, trying to slice us up. Leave my journal by it alone. Hey. <laughs> You're fun. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Target. Sorry. <laughs> but seriously, though, I mean, I think we do get caught up in the hype of, you know, oh, it's new, you know, and and even to the extent that some people have trouble setting new goals at different points in the year because, mm -hmm. the, you know, the motivation isn't necessarily there. When mm -hmm. I'm like, shoot, every day I wake up, there is a new opportunity for God to do right. something new. Um, so maybe, maybe, you know, it's an opportunity to challenge ourselves to, to think about this differently, um, and, and to move towards a greater intentionality, uh, around seeking God with the same kind of faith, same kind of fervor, rather mm -hmm. same kind of energy. Uh, you know, every day is, is new year's day every Amen. day. Amen. So I don't know. That's good. That's good. I love that. Every, and you're right. Like you said, every day we wake up with a clean slate. Thank you, Lord. Every day, brand new mercies every day. And it should be a, a, a reflection within that day. Even if you're, whether it's waking up and saying, okay, what do I want to get done today? Or if it's before I go to bed, this is what I've achieved and this is what I want to do tomorrow. I mean, to me, that's, that's just a part of what we do as not necessarily, ref, but yeah, ref, as reflective people, as that's not the word I want, but as, as a thinking person, thinking, living, breathing person, I, I just feel like that's what I don't want to say normal because somebody might be listening that don't do that, but <laughs> to me, that's what people do. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, okay. Let me shut up. <laughs> but Greta, what you just said is honestly kind of where I am. 
Um, so I'm in an accountability group and we're setting goals weekly and we have to, you know, be accountable to each other. And so one of the things that I was thinking to myself is I need to make sure that every night I reflect on what needs to be done, what was done, and then write down what I want to accomplish the next day. Mm -hmm. And so it is taking it day by day Mm -hmm. and even just you know, part of what we do is when you say, oh, I didn't complete a goal, it really is to take the time out. You know, we have an air table and reflect on why didn't you do it? Mm. And so that in and of itself can be some of the greatest lessons, not in the checking off the accomplishment, but really kind of sitting and saying to myself, like, why didn't you do it? Why were you avoiding it? Or did you just over plan, you know, and then just even saying to ourselves, because in one of our groups uh, sessions, because we have to tell each other, you know, where we are, one of uh, my accountability partners, she said, I just realized that this is no longer where I am. And so I think part of that even new mercies is being wise enough to say, I don't want this anymore. Hmm. At one point, I thought this is what I wanted. And so therefore it had been on my list. Mm-hmm. But when I stopped to think about it, I realized like, hmm, maybe it was my mother's dream Ooh. for me that I was carrying, you Ooh. know, maybe it was plausible before I had kids, you know, mm-hmm. so there's all these things that can change our visions and our goals for, you know, what we think we want to do. And so reflection creates the space where we can be raw and honest enough to even take things off the plate. And I was, you nailed it when you said somebody else's dream, because a lot of times we internalize other people's expectations. And then when we don't achieve it, we, we feel that guilt. And so even in the letting go of a dream, you know, some people struggle with that because it was never your dream and you're trying to live out mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa dreamed that, you know, that they never uh, uh, was realized. And so, yeah, thank you for, for naming that because a lot of times we are living out someone else's expectations, which is stressful in and of itself and, and guilt-written and all that. So, yeah. Mm. That's good. And that's liberative, right? No guilt in 2023. That's it. We leaving that in 22. Amen. Good. The other thing, I received that for my life. (laughs) Right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh-wee. Well, so I want to pose it to our uh, Triple R family. Do you all set New Year's resolutions? And if so, do you feel that that's an effective way of of getting towards your goals? Um, And if not, what practices do you observe during the year that help you uh, be reflective and to move the needle in whatever area of your life that you're looking for improvement? So uh, hit us on our Facebook group. You know, we want to talk to you guys and see what you all are thinking. Uh, And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of Righteous, Ratchet, and Real. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yay. Bye. Bye, Bye, y'all.